And it says this, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. Now go down, or go back to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, starting with verse 1. Uh, say, God's still working on me. I am a work in progress. Hallelujah. John 15, 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser, Jesus said. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch, and is withered. And they... Gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. Think about this. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so that you will be my disciples. Or, come on, disciplined ones. Amen? Today I want to talk about a topic that we all need to hear. There is not one Christian in this place. There is not one Christian watching online right now around the world or listening around the world right now that doesn't need to hear this all-important message. You're in the right place at the right time. In fact, if you woke up this morning or sometime this week, you, and, and this is your first time, you said, man, I really feel pressed, led to go to the church. There's a reason why, because the Holy Spirit wants you to hear this message today. Amen? I want to talk about the pruning process in the life of a Christian. What is God's perspective of the pruning process? How are we to view it as his children? See, we are God's field, as 1 Corinthians 3, 9 just said. Other translations use another word, which I kind of like better. It says, we are God's garden. Say, I'm a garden. I like that. All right? And he desires that fruit, the fruit of the Spirit grow on the inside of us. But... We need to cut some things out of our life to make that happen. Amen? Now, what is pruning? All right? Pruning, let's define it. Pruning means to trim by cutting away, uh, cutting away dead or overgrown branches or stems, especially to increase, I like this, the fruitfulness and growth. To cut away unwanted parts. We are all going through the pruning process. You know, a lot of people think when they get born again, wow, I'm home free, things are going to be great. Oh, no, 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 no. The born again experience was just the beginning, baby. Just the beginning. That's when you come to him and he says, okay, God says, I got some work to do in my garden here. And now, so we're all going through the pruning process, right? How and how we view and handle that process is so important. Many Christians' attitude toward the pruning process is so wrong. Here's what happens, and I see it in Christians all the time. If you have a wrong attitude and perspective toward the pruning process, you will end up, here it is, you'll end up getting bitter. You'll end up feeling overwhelmed. You might end up feeling unloved by God at times. Some people start to feel condemned. But God doesn't want us to get bitter. He wants us to get better. Say, God wants me better. The wilderness, by the way, the wilderness journey that the children of Israel, where they wandered in the desert for 40 years. You know what? They didn't have to wander in that desert for 40 years. You know why they did? Because they didn't like and respond to the pruning process of God. They wanted to do it their own way. And God says, I'm going to let you wander until you get it right. Some in here, you feel like you're in the wilderness journey. You're wandering in a desert. God, what do I do? Where do I go? Why do I feel so empty? What's going on? You're in the right place this morning. Amen? 
Last week I talked about the glory of God. The manifest presence of God. Amen? How many of you have been feeling the manifest presence of God throughout the week? You've been pressing in. Amen? I know I have. And so... If you want more of His presence, if you want more of the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life, and you want to take away every dam, everything that's hindering His anointing in your life, this message is for you. Now, are you ready for this? Here we go. We need to cooperate with the pruning process. The title of my message today, and I take a lot of pride in this title. Are you ready for this? Ready? Cut the suckers off. Come on. Cut the suckers off of your life. Amen? Now, what do I mean by that? No, I'm not talking about Christians who vote for Democrats here. Although they are suckers. But I'm not talking about that. Come on. You know Pastor James is bold. Amen. Christians, don't be voting for Democrats. There, there you go. They're ruining our country. But here's what I'm talking about. A sucker that I'm talking about in this message is defined as this. You ready? A vegetative growth or stem from a tree's root system. Suckers draw from the root system that, here it is, divert the nutrients away from the top of the tree and it stunts its growth. Cut the suckers out of our life. Some of you are stunted spiritually because of suckers. We got too many suckers in our life. Amen? Amen. Suckers, I found this interesting as I was studying this. Listen, suckers are a tree's attempt to grow more branches that are not supposed to be there. Listen to this. The growth of a sucker on a tree, according to Google, is often a response to stress or injury. My goodness. Did you catch that? Some of the suckers in our life that we have allowed to grow in our life are from injury and stress. We got people in here who have church hurt from the past, and you allowed suckers to grow that's stunting your spiritual growth. Some of you, maybe it's a marriage, maybe it's a breakup, whatever it is, maybe it's a job, you, there's a sucker there. Now, the Bible taught, so a sucker is something that grows out of you, right? Something you're latching onto that shouldn't be there. But it gets real bad when it's not just something that grows out, but it turns into a root of bitterness. There's some in here, there's a roots of bitterness that need to be yanked out of every part of your soul. Mind, will, and emotions, baby. And some of it has entered in because a church hurt. You wouldn't believe I'm, I, I don't know, I, just some reason, when I read that definition of a sucker, that suckers grow from stress or inju- uh, injury, immediately the Holy Spirit illuminated church hurt. I've dealt with Christians who are still dealing with, with church hurt from 20 years ago. Clean up on aisle 7, and it's a constant thing. Amen? Spiritually speaking, many suckers are a result of hurtful situations in our lives. Amen? In situations. Many Christians have suckers that have grown in their life that are draining and diverting the spiritual nutrients out of their life. We need to cut the suckers off. Today's the day to do that. Amen? Whatever it is. We need to deal with and cut it off so we can grow spiritually in our, in our walk with God. You know, it's God's will that we grow spiritually every day. And let me tell you something. Let me just give you some encouragement. You're not going to arrive on this earth. You're not going to be who, everything you should be until you see Jesus Christ. You do know that, right? But you're expected to grow every day. You're expected to get closer to Him every day. Amen? Oh, say wisdom. Go to John 15. Let's look at verse 1 through 2 again. Let's break this down. There's fire in the house today. Amen? Amen. (laughs) John 15, 1 and 2. Jesus said, I am the true vine. Underline true. And my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. 
So Jesus refers to himself as the true vine. In other words, faith in him, our faith in him is the only true source of spiritual life. He is the only true source that is going to bring true joy and peace into your life. Listen to me. You're not going to find it in finances. I know people who hardly have a dime to their name. They're the happiest, joyful people in the bunch. I know, I know some rich people that committed suicide. Are you following me? Jesus said he is the true vine. So if Jesus, I find it interesting because if Jesus is the true vine, obviously there's a lot of false vines that we can connect to. Cut the suckers off. Are you following me? In verse 4, Jesus commands us, Christians, to remain or abide in him. We know then that it's possible as Christians, this is, Jesus isn't talking to the world. He's not talking to the unsaved. He's talking to Christians. We know then that it's possible not to abide or remain in him. And when we disconnect from him in our thought life, focusing on him, getting into the word of God, the word of God getting into, a, into us, that creates an environment for suckers to form in our life. The pruning process from a spiritual perspective, is very similar uh, to the process in the natural for a tree or a plant, okay? If there is a tree that has a branch that's dead or dying, it's either not producing good fruit or it's not producing fruit at all, amen? Now, if that branch is dying and not bearing good fruit, that branch is still taking up space in your life. It's still taking some effort and time that you could be spending with the Lord. Amen? They're suckers. Cut them off. Too many suckers in our life. I know right now the Holy Spirit's revealing to you. He's revealing areas of your life. You're saying, wow, yeah, this area takes up a lot of my time, a lot of my effort. And it's something that's not connected to the true vine. Listen, cooperate with the Holy Spirit in that process. Amen? So if that branch is dying and not bearing good fruit, that branch is still taking nutrients, all right? And it stunts our growth. And if the branch is dead, it's blocking space where a new branch could grow. See, a lot of people have a dead branch where the Lord's saying, man, I'm calling you to do something. Sorry, Lord, I got this branch taking up that spot in my life. Are you following me? Both of those circumstances are negative. They're both negative for the plant and the tree. So a person would take a saw and he would cut off the unprofitable branches off that tree to become profitable and a blessing to its owner. Say owner. A plant or tree cannot remain healthy without pruning. It is a necessary process. Amen? So now let's apply that to our life in a spiritual sense. You and I will not have a healthy spiritual life without the pruning process taking place. The fleshly and sinful fruit must be removed. It must be removed. Many Christians, here we go, many Christians perceive that God is being angry at them. Oh man, I'm going to drop something on you that it's going to be just a, a truth bomb here in a moment. Stand by. Amen? So... You know, but many people think that God's angry at them because of this pruning process. But that is not the heart of our Heavenly Father. You know that, right? That is not the God of the Bible. That is dead religion telling you He's mad at you. Come on, somebody. If you are a Christian, you are His child. Amen? Our Heavenly Father, I don't know if anybody figured this out yet, but God, our Heavenly Father, He's not a child abuser. The Holy Spirit is doing all that he can do to reveal those hindrances and suckers in our life. Amen? The Holy Spirit has been reminding me of the pruning process, how it's the love of our Heavenly Father. It is the love of God where he looks down and says, if, if, if I let this thing remain in my garden, it's going to pull my child off course from my plan, my good plan, and my purpose for their life. Amen? It is a glorious thing that the Holy Spirit is constantly... The Holy Spirit, He's like a radar in our heart. He's constantly just going back and forth, finding and trying to detect anything that would pull you away from Him. He is looking out for our spiritual... Come on. 
emotional and physical health. He is. And we as human beings have been given a free will. And we're always looking for something to fill that spiritual void. You see, if you're not going to be connected to the true vine, where it's your only spiritual source, see, we as, uh, we as human beings, we're always trying to fill that spiritual vacuum with something else. And if you're not filling it with Jesus, only the things of the flesh are going to fill that void. And what does the flesh lead to? Sin. Oh, come on, somebody. The S word. Amen? That many people don't like to hear, but it's a fact. Amen? So just like the tree, just like the tree is constantly looking for ways to grow, By even growing those small branches or suckers uh, that profit the tree nothing. These things, they're detrimental to the health and growth process. Um, That is why Jesus warned us that he is the true vine. And many Christians are trying to latch on to everything else. Listen, I have seen so many people who have a call of God on their life. You know what? One of the first things, the one distraction... The one distraction that I have seen multitudes of ministers and Christians forsake the call of God on their life. You ready for this? The love of money. The love of... Now, we need money. But I've seen ministers where they make an idol out of it. It consumes their time. Don't you know Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and He will provide every need you have. Amen? In John 15... Jesus revealed that our Heavenly Father is the vine dresser. And He takes away every branch that does not bear fruit. All right? Every branch that does, not, that he, uh, every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes. Say prunes. That it will be, bear more fruit. Now, here's the deal. Ready? As I was studying this and I read this scripture, the Lord said this. He goes, and it came to me just like this. I was sitting on my couch at home. He goes, I can do whatever I want with my garden. Oh my, you didn't get it. Many of you think that you own your own life. Many of you think that your body is your own. Oh no, (laughs) you don't even own this body. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. God owns it. God, hey, listen, God owns you. If you have made Jesus Lord of your life, he owns you. And he said, I can, I can pull whatever I want out of that garden. Come on, somebody. As I was uh, studying this, the Holy Spirit revealed something very eye-opening to me. Many times, now, here's the deal. Listen to this. When God's trying to pull a sucker out of us, when God is trying to prune us, here's what happens. There's something in our life that is not profitable for Him. You understand that? There's something that's pulling us away. It might not be a bad thing. It might not be sin. It might be good, but it's not God. Come on, somebody. And here's what happens. People try to grow suckers in their life. They try to connect to something in the flesh. So now, here you go. Ready? Someone tries to find their identity in the suckers instead of the true vine. So when God says, when God is dealing with this person to cut the sucker off, many times people start to feel like a heaviness. They start to feel a depression. Are you following me, somebody? Oh, I know this is for somebody today. Or someone, you've been feeling a heaviness, just something. And you're trying to rebuke the devil, rebuke the devil. And God's saying, I'm just trying to prune you. The problem is you put your identity in the sucker and not my son, Jesus. Oh, come on, somebody. It has become such a part of you, but it's not who you're supposed to be. So what happens is when we run through someone through inner healing and deliverance, many times they feel, man, you go through emotional healing and they start to feel like a heaviness in going through these things that need to be cut off and everything. And and, and you want to know why? Because it's become a part of who they are. It's because I'm telling you right now, they found their absolute identity in that thing. And God says, I never meant for that thing to be in your life. So he said this, 
he said that many feel down or like a depression type of a feeling that is not from the enemy. It is the result of the suckers or false vines in their life that's sucking the spiritual nutrients out of their life. They're you're spiritually dry from those suckers. And so what happens is, what you got to do when you're ministering emotional healing to someone, they're going to feel that ripping in their soul. Like, I thought that's who I was. And then you got to start to tell them who they really are. That's where you start ministering to them about who they are in Christ, not in that sucker. Come on, somebody. Again, let me say it one more time. Many think it's spiritual warfare. No, 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 no. It's, a, it's just a result of the suckers in your life. Amen. Now, how do I know if you have suckers in your life? The Holy Spirit showed me a few things. If the joy of the Lord is lacking in your life, there's suckers. If you're searching for anything else to satisfy your heart other than a relationship with the Lord, there's suckers. If you find yourself worth in worldly things and not Jesus Christ, you have suckers. If you're embarrassed to talk about Jesus to people, you have suckers. Come on, somebody. Allowing suckers to grow in your life not only hinders your spiritual growth, but it hinders your God-given purpose and calling. Amen? Our Heavenly Father is always looking out for our spiritual, emotional, and physical health. Isn't that good to know? Just like we have an alarm here. If this place is locked up, someone tries to enter in, that alarm goes off. When, the, when something, you try to form a sucker in your life, when you try to connect anything else, the Holy Spirit is showing you right now. That alarm's going off. Amen? Now, here's the listen to this. There are some people in your life that have become idols and suckers that the Holy Spirit is telling you to sever from them. Come on, somebody. They are absolutely draining your spiritual life. No, 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 no. Husbands and wives, I'm not telling you to divorce, divorce your spouse. Some of you, I got way too excited about that. Yeah, way too excited. But listen, you have formed what's called an ungodly or evil soul tie to that individual. That relationship or that friendship has very negative effects on your Christian walk. You're constantly giving in to worldly temptations and fleshly desires. Say it's a sucker. <laughs> Thank you, you two. Appreciate it. Um, all right. Being around that person, in a sense, when there's that ungodly soul tie there, it, it has like a control over you. When you're apart from that person, it's all good. You're on fire for the Lord. But when you get around them, you feel deflated. That negativity is coming. Are you hearing me? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Or am I preaching to the choir? Am I preaching to the choir today? Where are they? Okay, they're not here. Amen. We all know suckers, don't we? We all know people who are suckers. Now go with me to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, let's look at here. Oh, I'm having fun preaching this one today. Amen? Hallelujah. But I'm preaching it to myself as well. Amen? A pastor's always preaching to myself. Or themselves, whatever. Here we go. Matthew 10, 34. Jesus said these words. Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Hey, I didn't say it. Jesus did. Amen. And he who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Now, I find it very interesting that Jesus, <laughs> Jesus just didn't start with those relationships outside family. Oh no, Jesus, you know how bold Jesus is, right? He went right for the bullseye of family. Isn't that something? 
Oh no, he went more. He said, hey, if you even love family more than him. Mm. See, Jesus is not attacking family relationships. But he is simply saying that no earthly tie, no earthly relationship should be more important than your relationship with him. Amen? That's what he's trying to get across. Jesus, I don't know if you know this or not, but Jesus, uh, Jesus requires radical love, devotion, and obedience to him. Amen? He is the true vine. He said, if you love anything, anyone or anything else more than me, he even went on to say, you're not even worthy of the kingdom of God. Some of y'all are saying, oh, man, this Christian thing's a little tough, isn't it? Well, that's why it's called the narrow road. I find it very interesting that the road leading to heaven is narrow. The road leading to hell is very wide. Are you following me? It is. It is a narrow road. Amen. We need to know this. You can't just say you believe in Jesus and go live like the devil all week. Guess what? You can fool us in church. You're not fooling him. Too big of a gamble to pay for eternity. Amen. Many Christians have friends in your inner circle. They're negative. They complain. Listen, some of y'all need to separate yourself from them. God is trying to take us. He's trying to change us from glory to glory. And that's not always a comfortable process, amen? But it's needful, and it is a glorious process if you cooperate. Now go with me to Jeremiah 18. I want to show you something here. Jeremiah chapter 18. And let's take a look at verse 4 here. This is one of the scriptures that the Lord used. When I first got born again, it was such a radical conversion. Such a radical conversion. Listen, up to that point, I was Eddie Murphy. My mouth was like Eddie Murphy. I was into pornography. I mean, you name it. I was just, like, when you're not a child of God, what else are you into, right? Come on, somebody. So... My, my born-again experience was so radical. It, everybody noticed. They said, my goodness, James, well, you, you are not the same person. I said, that's right. I'm a new creature in Christ. And it was such, I had such a hunger for the Word. One of the first things that happened to me when I made Jesus Lord is that I sat down and I, I just digested the Word of God. I read it all the time. I couldn't get enough of the Word of God. Amen. See, when you get born again, it's a no-so experience. It's not, well, I think I'm saved. No, no, no. There's, you went from darkness to light, baby. There's a difference. Amen? So this was when, when I was so on fire for the Lord right after getting born again. I said, Lord, what is going on in me? This is amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm joyful. I had depression before that. And it was horrible. And the Lord spoke this to me. The Holy Spirit spoke this verse. He goes, Read Jeremiah 18.4. So this verse has meaning to me. This is God's answer to what was going on in me. He said, And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. The Holy Spirit answered my question with Scripture. And it was powerful. You see, when sin entered the picture on this earth, it marred, it distorted mankind. But those that make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, you are now clay in the hands of the potter. Amen? He takes it. Listen, and I find it very interesting that the Holy Spirit is referred to as water. Because when clay is hard and they're trying to reshape it, guess what they put on it? Water. The, the Holy Spirit softens our heart. Amen? And God comes along and says, I need to reshape you into who I want you to be. There's some suckers I need to cut out of your life. Amen? So he is reshaping. He's reshaping us into something beautiful in his sight. And part of that reshaping process is the pruning process. This is good. Amen? He knows that your mind, listen, let me just set you all free real quick. You ready for this? He knows that your mind is not going to be renewed in one day. Come on, somebody. 
Some of y'all are feeling like you're, you're a failure all the time. Let me just let you know, God is patient. Amen. He knows that your mind won't be renewed in one day. He knows that every unprofitable branch in your life is not going to be cut off in one day, right? Say it's a process. Now, don't take advantage of God on that. When he shows you something, you're responsible to get rid of it. Amen. So don't use that as an excuse to stay with that sucker. Amen. So we shouldn't expect that either, but... Uh, but he will, here's what happens. He reveals one branch, we cut it off. He reveals another branch, we cut the sucker off. Amen? Some time passes, he cuts a sucker off, and then we're like, oh, wow, oh, I, I, I have arrived. I'm great, I'm glorious. And then he says, no, nah, there's another sucker. <laughs> I found that so many times in my own Christian life and in counseling people and in ministering deliverance where like, woo! I'm free. I'm free. And about a year or two later, they're like, yeah, the Lord showed me something else here that I need to deal with. See, God's trying to take back the land he, little by little. He, because if he tried to do it all at once, come on, somebody. He wants to make sure. It, it's a beautiful thing. Because what, what the Holy Spirit does is he, he shows you something to get rid of. You get rid of it. He brings healing to that part of your life. Oh, isn't he good? Right? He takes time and brings healing to that part. And then he said, okay, my child, here's another, another sucker. Boom, cut off. Ah, and you spend some time and the Holy Spirit ministers to you. You read the word and it deals with exactly what you're trying to get rid of. And then he reveals, it's a process. It's a beautiful process. Amen? Hallelujah. Um, in John chapter 14, Jesus talks about the work of the Holy Spirit giving us peace. All right. In John chapter 15, follow me here. Jesus talks about the pruning process and for us to abide in him, stay connected to him. And then in in, uh, chapter 15, he also goes on to talk about um, having persecution for the sake of the gospel. Right. In John 16, verse one, I find this very interesting. Jesus said something very powerful. He he said this, These things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. Now follow me here. Jesus is encouraging us as his disciples, here it is, not to get discouraged during the process of two things in your life. Two things. Are you ready for what they are? The pruning process and persecution for the sake of the gospel. You see, we read the Bible in chapters and verses, but you need to know when it's originally written, there's no chapters and verses. It's all a continuation. Are you following me? He said, again, in verse 16, 1, he said, these things I've spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. He's talking about two things, the pruning process in our life and the persecution we will face in this world as being a follower of Jesus Christ. He knew, here's why Jesus did this. Oh, I love the Holy Ghost. He knew that if we have a wrong perspective on those two things, we will get discouraged and we will stumble away in our walk with him. Jesus warned, Jesus was encouraging us, hang in there for the pruning process. Hang in there when the world is hating you. I know you're going to have temptation to give in. Come on, somebody. You're, right? Has any, am I preaching to the choir again? Anybody alive out there? You, anybody receive any persecution uh, when you try to talk about Jesus? How many times, I know in the past in my life, not now obviously, but in the past when someone would come against me, for doing it, it's like, oh, then you kind of like back off a little bit. No, no, no. That's the time to charge ahead even more. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. That's exactly what the devil's trying to get you to do. Shut your mouth about Jesus. So Jesus knew that the enemy would get the upper hand in your thought life. And ultimately, because he gets in your thought life with discouragement, that it's going to affect your whole life. Come on. In John 16, Jesus continues to talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. Follow me here. And then in, in John chapter 17, the whole purpose of what Jesus is talking about in chapter 14, 15, and 16 are summed up in chapter 17. Here it is. You ready? Here's the ultimate goal of hanging in there with the pruning process and hanging in there with 
persecution from the world. Ready? That there will be corporate unity in the body of Christ. That is the purpose. Every time the Lord's trying to cut... mm, Come on, somebody. Every time the Lord's trying to cut a sucker out of your life, He's trying to get you back into the body because when you're not fulfilling your purpose... Let me ask you this. When When an organ in our physical body is not functioning properly... What happens? Doesn't work, right? I mean, there's no unity in the physical body. We all need everyone functioning in... We we need all the purposes of, of every organ in our body to function properly, to be healthy. The same with the body of Christ. When the pruning process is this, I want to cut the things off that are not of me so you can function in your gifts, in your callings, because I want corporate unity in the whole body of Christ believers on this earth. And I want to fulfill my purpose through my body. See, Jesus is the head. You do know that, right? Jesus is the head and we are the body. Amen? What happens when with a disease, right? When the brain's trying to send a signal to a body part, an arm, a leg to move, and it doesn't move. That is a disease, isn't it? That's what the body, the Holy Spirit's constantly telling us, do this, do this. And then we ignore him. It's no different than someone who has a disease where the signal is not making it to the part of the body. The body of Christ is crippled. Well, let me tell you this. Let's put it this way in a better sense. It's not functioning at its full potential. Is that, that's good to say, right? The body of Christ, that's why we cut the suckers off. Let's get back into our calling. Amen? Now, I want to take a moment to talk about the word condemn and condemnation. All right? Usually when we think of those two words, we think of uh, hell and eternal separation from God, right? Well, those are valid points because the Bible does talk about condemn being condemned and condemnation if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, right? We know that. But here's what, what you got to know. The word condemnation means this, a verdict or to judge against. A verdict or to judge against. An example is a building. What does that mean? It means this, that a building is no longer good or profitable to be used. It's no longer fulfilling its original purpose. All right? It's not able to fulfill its original purpose, which it was created to fulfill. So the word condemn and condemnation in the context context of a building means a verdict or judgment that it's unusable. Say unusable. How did it get that way? How do buildings get condemned? You ready for this? No maintenance. No pruning of unprofitable things. Just letting it go. Are you following me? We, when we allow suckers to grow in our life, we are condemning ourselves. Mm, Come on, somebody. We are condemning ourselves. We are making ourselves not useful for the kingdom of God on this earth. Because of the suckers. Say, i got to cut some suckers off. That's right. Come on, somebody. For the Christian, it means allowing fleshly and worldly desires to control your life. That's, that's what happens. And we condemn ourselves. Now, go with me to John chapter 3. John three sixteen. John, Let me just shed some light on this thing a little bit here. You know, what I found is this, that a lot of people say John 3, 16, but they ignore the verse through verses 21. <laughs> Let me show you something here. John three sixteen through 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's usually where Christians stop, right? Watch this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved or put back into their original purpose of why he created us. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son. And this is the condemnation 
that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone... See, this is what we don't hear very much. We don't go this far usually. For everyone, pra- uh, for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. So God did not send Jesus to condemn the world, right? That's the good news. Jesus sent, or God sent his son Jesus to save the world, like I said, so they wouldn't be eternally lost. And this is why. That the original plan, the original purpose of God would be fulfilled in each person's life. Yes, and that includes saving them from the lake of fire for eternity. Amen? We don't want to see anyone go there. Amen? See, Jesus Christ was sent by His heavenly Father to reverse the curse. Say reverse the curse. That sin brought upon mankind. So he who believes in Jesus is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Without Jesus Christ as your Lord, if there's someone in here, you have never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life. Today is the day of salvation. Do not put it off. Amen? Amen. All right? If you're without Christ right now, you are, I can say with the authority of the Word of God, you're on a road to nowhere, and eventually that road leads to the lake of fire for eternity. Amen? You're wandering aimlessly right now without being connected to the true vine, the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want you to notice that verse 20 through 21, it talked about our works. Because true faith in Jesus, come on, will cause us to obey the Word of God. See, you can't have someone who says they love, they love Jesus, but they don't like the Word of God. If someone says, oh yeah, Jesus, absolutely. The Bible, nah, they're not saved. They're not born again. That is impossible. Amen? Jesus is the Word. John 1.1. 1, 1, amen? He is the Word. So, you, there has, so if you want to check someone's spirituality out, find out where they stand on two things. Jesus Christ and the Word of God. If one of those two are out of line, you're not born again. Plain and simple. There is no condemnation if you obey the Word of God. However, if you don't obey, your life is filled with sin and suckers, and that deems you unusable or condemned for the kingdom of God. Amen? By the way, i got to say this. Did you know that hell was not created for people? It was created for the devil and his angels. The problem is this. If you want to pay for your own sin, that's the destination. If you want to accept what Jesus did for you by faith in Him and obedience to Him, then you, you come on, somebody. Then it's heaven. Then it's with God for eternity. To me, it's not a big choice. We know where we need to be. Amen? But even in the pruning process, you can maintain a positive attitude, knowing that your faith in Jesus Christ qualifies you to be a partaker of the plan and purpose of God. You know, we are living in the last days. Do you know something? I mean, Bible prophecy is exploding right now, and half of the world, no, all the world, and half of Christians are blinded to it. Oh, I'm talking about Christians. Did you know that just last week, Numbers chapter 19 talks about red heifers for for the rebuilding of the third temple, okay? They just arrived in Jerusalem this week, which is a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. I'm telling you right now. Now, here's the deal. Too many Christians are standing like this. God, deliver me. Take me from the, take me from here. Take me from And God's saying, okay, listen, eventually I'm coming. Get busy. There's people going to hell in a handbasket right here. We got some work to do, people. Jesus said these words. He said, occupy. Keep busy with the kingdom until I come. Until I return. Amen? When In Acts, when Jesus went up in the cloud, even an angel had to rebuke the people. They said, why are you looking up? Why are you looking up? Get to work. Get busy. Jesus is going to return the same way he went up. But for now, get busy. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. So it is a requirement that we uh, abide and remain in Christ. And this includes abiding and remaining in Christ. Here it is. 
includes cooperating with the pruning process. And I'm on my last page, so hang in there with me, all right? We're doing good. It's before noon. Here we go. Apart from Jesus Christ being at the center of our lives, we will not bear good fruit. Our life will be full of dead branches. God's plan and destiny for your life will never be fulfilled. Amen? So any negative thoughts that come into you, any, any thoughts that come into your thought life that is a negative, you have negative thoughts about this whole pruning process, you need to cast those down because it's a glorious thing. God is looking out for you. This is wonderful. Amen? And pray that the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, search my heart. Any, anything in my life that's not of you, anything that's not bearing fruit, any dead branch, any branch that's not bearing fruit, Lord, reveal it to me. Cut it off. We need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. My last scripture is Romans 8.1. Go there. Romans 8.1. Hallelujah. You getting anything out of this today? This is a part of the puzzle. I'm telling you, this ministry... This church is a present, oh, presence-driven church. I'm not here to play country club. Are you hearing me, somebody? I'm not here to play, I'm not here to play country club. I'm here because I want a move of God. I want the presence of God to saturate your life, uh, to saturate this building and property and this region to be shook like never before with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. So listen, so I mean, I, I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission, amen? So I'm trying, to, I, I'm trying to put in you what we need to fill that, that missing puzzle piece so we can get in the flow of what the Holy Ghost is doing. Romans 8.1 There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. In other words, if you are abiding in Jesus Christ, there is no chance of you, come on, being outside of God's plan or purpose for your life. That's an impossibility. If you're connected to the vine, you're, you're right on track, my friend. Amen? However, if you're going to live your life according to the flesh, according to sinful desires, you are willingly declaring yourself con- a condemned building. I find it how God says that we are his what? Building. Buildings need maintenance. We need maintenance. Amen? You are declaring yourself a condemned building that cannot and will not fulfill the Creator's purpose and intent for your life. Because there's too many dead branches. There's too many dying branches in your life. There's too many branches that are, that are just taking up space and it's impossible for good fruit to grow in your life. See, sin literally pulls us off of the spiritual life source. It does. He is the true vine. So, so you are the one that determines if you're condemned or not. You know that, right? God doesn't, de- God doesn't determine that. You know that? Here it is. I'm taking the basketball and I'm throwing it to you. You and I determine if we are going to live a life that's condemned. You or I are the ones who are going to declare, God, I'm fit to be used for your kingdom, or God, I'm not fit for your kingdom. We are the ones that decide that. Church, I want to encourage everyone in this place, everyone listening online around the world, to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Cut all the suckers off. Get them out of your life. Allow the Holy Spirit to burn them away. Allow Him to reveal them. Cut them off. Allow Him to burn them away with the fire of the Holy Ghost. And let's continue to grow spiritually and make room for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Let's make room for the glory of God in this region like never before. Amen? You will never regret flowing with the process. Let's stand in this place. Father, we thank You that You love us enough not to let us stay where we are. Think about that. You love us enough where you don't want us to stay where we are, but you want us to continue to grow. And you're always looking out for our spiritual, emotional, and physical health. Now, maybe there's someone in this place, maybe you're one of those that you've never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life. You're listening to this and you're like, wow. 
It really hits home today. I'm telling you right now, you need to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. That is the Holy Spirit drawing you. That is the Holy Spirit, what we call wooing you. He's drawing you. He's calling you. You are in this place for a specific purpose, and that's it. If you have not made Jesus Lord of your life, today is the day of salvation. I want you to come forward, and after the service, I want to pray with you to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Now, maybe you're in this place. You're like, okay, Pastor James. I got a lot of suckers in my life. I have allowed a, I, I have allowed the garden of God of my heart. See, your heart is God's garden. I have I've allowed a lot of weeds, a lot of suckers to grow in my life. And you want to rededicate your life to the Lord today. If that's you, I want you to come forward over here. And I want to pray with you today. Let's just rededicate your life to the Lord. Rededicate to his plan and purpose for your life. Amen. Now, maybe there's someone in here you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. I'm telling you right now, my friend, <laughs> I don't know how you're living your Christian life without the Holy Ghost baptism. <laughs> Amen. We need his power. We need his power to be a, it's, to be a powerful witness for Jesus. You know, many people think it's, that's just talking about ministry. No, no, no. It's, he gives you power for your personal spiritual walk. So you can be a witness. Come on, somebody. How many of you know if you're a Christian, you are a witness? We are a witness. Amen. So if you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, come on up and I want to pray with you to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. Maybe you need prayer for a healing, emotional, physical. You need prayer for a family member. Anything else. Listen, I'll stay here as long as you want. We will pray over. Every, I'll pray over every person in this place. There's been times I was at Joplin, Missouri. I stayed, prayed for two, probably close to 150, 200 people all in one night. I was there till like 2 or 3 in the morning. So, listen, God, cooperate with God. Cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Now, visitors, thank you so much for coming today. I hope the word ministered to you, and, and we hope you come back. Amen? Amen? Guys, listen, we are building a family here, a family of people that want more of the presence of God. Amen? Amen. So if you're hungry and you want to experience the presence and power of God, listen, <laughs> you're in the right place. You're connected to the right ministry. Amen? Because I'm not giving up. We're pressing in. Amen? We're raising up an army in Tuscola County, an army in this region that not just Tuscola County. Listen, we got people that come from 50 miles away, Lapeer County, all that. So listen, wherever you're from, take the fire from here and bring it back. Amen? All right, everyone. We have the prayer call on Tuesday night at 7. We have prayer here on Wednesday. If you need me, take a card in the back. Call me. You want to have lunch or whatever. Get in touch with me. I'm here for you guys. I love you all. Thanks so much. Have a great week, everyone. Hallelujah, Hallelujah Dave. Great.